1: Log Talk Radio. Welcome to the Coco Express Network. Talk radio that informs. Talk radio that informs.
2: and Welcome to the Cocoa Express Show Network for October 8, 2016. I'm your host, Aurelia. And joining us today is Mr. Angelo Ellerby. We're so excited to have him. Angelo Ellerby is the founder and CEO of Double Exposure Media Relations. It's a full-service public relations, marketing, and artist development firm. His client roster includes some of the top artists, in the industry, including the likes of Mary J. Blige, Alicia Keys, Michael Jackson, Gin Uyre, Roberta Flack, Dionne Warwick, that's just to name a few, that's a small handful of the artists that he's worked with. You've seen his work on several different platforms, not really knowing that it was him in the background that was making all of this happen. He's written a book and it's called Ask Angela. It's an inside look at the entertainment industry from a PR guru. He's going to share his perspectives and um, some of the instances that happened in the book with us today. And we're going to learn more about Mr. Ellerby and understand how difficult it, it is and was and has been for him to be able to sustain himself in the industry for over 46 years. So please allow me the opportunity to bring to you the amazing Angelo Ellerby.
1: Thank you so much for for taking the time out to, to come on the show to discuss your amazing book.
3: Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to you and to all of the wonderful people that have been so supportive of me and my book. Let me just tell you, you're the first one. The book has been out for two days, and we're at the top 100 on Amazon. We're at number 97.
1: You go. You go.
3: Do you believe that?
1: I do believe it.
3: God, is so good to me.
1: Yes, because you have something to say, and people want to hear it, and they want to know, one, how you are able to maintain, you know, your position in the industry for so long. This is over 40 years of, of dedication, hard work, and, and proven success records.
3: Well, it starts with the man above, mm-hmm. and it ends with the man above. The middle Mm -hmm. is my mom, and then there's me. And then there is a supportive body of people who believe in what I do and what God has blessed me with to listen to me, to take my advice and my counsel. Uh, For for me to take their advice and their counsel, it's just like it takes a village to really raise a child. And it has taken Mm -hmm. a village for me to get raised properly to understand that I must walk on two sides of the street at the same time. And what I mean by that, I have to be a listener, an observer, and then mm-hmm. I can give out advice and counsel. So the business is celebrating 46 years, and it's not just because of Angelo Ellerby. It's because of people who have supported me, who have believed in me, has watched my illusions turn into realities, watched me work magic, that they work the magic along with me. It's a two-sided street. It can't just be my teaching. I'm not who I am and what it's supposed to be by myself. It takes a village to raise this nation and to raise me.
1: All right. And, wow, I mean, I read the book, and it, the book is an exercise. It's an exercise in, mm. in learning how not to be Mm. how to be, and who to be with.
3: Yeah, yeah. Thank you. That's a very good observation of the book. Um, very much that was my reasoning for writing it. I didn't want to give out, ask Angelo on every single page. I wanted to ask mm-hmm. you, the reader, is this mm-hmm. you? Is it not you? Could this be you, and why is it? Mm-hmm. I want to give okay. you uh, uh, reasons to think about, to think about, all. Oh, be the man in the mirror. Let the reflections be on you. If this is about mm-hmm. you, then maybe you should read the
1: next page. If this ain't about <laughs> you, you should still read the next page and learn and share it. Yes, indeed. Now, you know, you've had some really, I can say, unforgettable experiences.
3: Oh, that I have.
1: Yes, unforgettable experiences. And, you know, it's just interesting how you were able to, I guess, spin the situation, because you are a spin master, spin the situation in a way that not only did you maintain your integrity, but they came out looking pretty good.
3: Isn't it, That's really what it's all about. And, you know, it took my training. It took a training from my mother. My mother gave me the best experience in life uh, the hard way. She gave me tough love. I remember my mother believed that any time you sat at her table at if you lived underneath a roof. You needed to be a contributor. And at 16 years old, I had to pay $600 a month for rent. And she didn't care where you got it from as long as you got it. I didn't understand why she was like she was, but now I do. It was all about survival and wanting her children to survive. And I was late one day with my rent for her. And the next day I came in from school and I went into my room full of beaker. Gonna go inside and turn on my stereo. And I went into this empty room. There was nothing in there. I went to my mother. She said, what are you doing in my house? You don't live here. You live in the backyard. I went to the backyard. She took the time to place my bed so eloquently to the Back wall of the house, table, chairs, stereo, clothes, everything. And from that point on, I had an understanding what life was going to be about. Mm -hmm. It's goods for services and services for goods. No Mm -hmm. goods, no service, no matter Mm -hmm. who you are and what the relationship is. So, yeah, I had mm-hmm. many, many, many situations that I learned and I grew by. And I really, from that at that point, it made me understand that I had to stand up and be the man that she trained me to be. And responsibility was one of them. I had to be responsible. Mm-hmm. So it's my mom's teaching that gives me uh, the abilities, if you will, to teach and educate other people by experience. And that's another reason of the book. You have to experience. You know what? You can always tell somebody a story, and it could always be, it's reflective on you, but it's not reflective on them until they experience it. It Mm -hmm. tells a lot. When you go through what you need to go through, you have something to reflect back on, you can go and Mm -hmm. tell the story to the next person, but it doesn't have to affect them until they endure it.
1: Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And what's so amazing is that as a teen, you went for it. I mean, you actually just set your sights on something and you just went for it when many of us were probably too intimidated about real life and too shy about the realities of real life to even venture in those directions. You went straight for it as a teen.
3: Well, I had to. I had... Again, I had a mother which was no nonsense. And because she was no nonsense, I loved her more and more and more. I was so romantically in love with my mother because my mom had like a ninth grade education coming up from North Carolina, having six children, being a waitress. And I knew that she was, that she learned by her experiences. She was teaching me and my brothers and sisters the importance of. If you made the mistake, you clean it up, and this is what you got to do. And so, I wanted the best for my mother. I didn't want to mm-hmm. see her working. I didn't want her slamming dishes on no counters and cooking and mopping floors because it was my mother and more me. She was my queen. So how could I help her? I took a I took a job washing dishes. I used to go to the supermarkets and bag up the bags and take them to the car. And because she wasn't gonna buy you no sneakers, she would always say, "You got half of your money." If you've got half of your money, you can add them sneakers. You want that winter coat? Or you can wear that coat that's in that closet that you had for the last four years. Then raise your revenue. Mm-hmm. And so it is my thought that uh, I have to do the same thing. I mean, I had to do this. My mother was, uh, she was a team player. She taught me the importance of a team player. All of my brothers and sisters, we had to take care of one another, no matter what the situation was. I remember my sister had got pregnant at 15 or 16 years old. Wow, what a mistake. She had a miscarriage. Uh, but therefore, thereafter, she had three boys. We had to raise them. We raised them. All of us was auntie, uncle, daddy, mommy. And we had to take care of them. And I learned that with now with my company, how I have mm-hmm. to take care of my employees, how I have to take care of my clients, how I have to do for them and work overtime so that we can produce quality uh, careers and goals. And <laughs> no matter the mistake, God lets us make mistakes. But you can sit back and wall in your mistakes. You can fall down. It is and You can fall down a thousand times. The most important thing about falling down is getting up, standing up yeah. to attention. Yeah. Realizing and recognizing I made a mistake. How do I get this back on track? Yes. That's Uh, what it's all about. mm -hmm. We all make mistakes in life. Things happen, but we can't sit back and get depressed over them. Deal with them. Deal with them and grow up. I give out maturity pills to all of my clients. They (laughs) take one in the morning and one in the evening with a big glass of water, and I tell them to grow up. Be a man. Be a woman. Be responsible. This is life.
1: Now, you had the pleasure of dosing out some of those pills to um, Mary J. Blige. Uh, And in the book, you talked about how she was a diamond in the rough. And you had to get the coal off to, to, to really get the diamond to shine as brightly as it could. And how did that change you as a person?
3: Well, you know what? Mary reminds me of my youngest sister, Gloria, and Gloria has had a very mischievous and a very ex- a very challenging life, if you will. And when I looked at Mary for the first time, I saw my sister. I saw that she was challenged, and that mm-hmm. I knew that there was a good heart inside. Uh, but I also understood the surroundings. You know, demons come in disguises. Demons come in a boyfriend. Demons come in a girlfriend. Demons come in a father. Demons come in a mother. Demons come with a friend. And I had to really get to know her to find out where and what are the demons that are plaguing you. And I believe very much in having conversations not necessarily about my client in uh, consultation mode with them, but I have to start out with me. And I started out having conversations about my life and what I was going through as a man on 7th Avenue, black and all the things that I had to endure, which allowed her to open up to me and to tell me of the misfortunes of her life. And we became Mm -hmm. friends. And she said to me on my second Interview with her on my second, her second artist development day. She said, So everybody tells me that you don't listen to people's music. I said, No, because I don't sell music. I sell talent. She said, Well, listen to this song. And it was called My Life. Now, 15 minutes before Mary, you no, know, 15 minutes into our conversation, I, had, I was interrupted by my receptionist and said it was an emergency call. Now, I I raised my nephews as my sons. One of my nephews had got shot and was pronounced dead on arrival to the hospital while Mm -hmm. I was in session with Mary. And so I had to go on because that was my job and my responsibility. Mm -hmm. So as we went and we talked and I went to listen to this record called My Life, and it said, if you can look in my eyes and see what I see. And I started crying. And she started crying. We cried together. She said, Ansel, what's the matter? And I said, uh, Well, my nephew just got shot. And I got. She said, Well, get up. Why are you sitting here? I said, No, 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 girl. We got to finish the job. Let's finish this job. And so that situation and my honesty and being forward with her allowed her to be forward and honest with me. And I'm just so proud that, she, you know, Mary has a talk show now. This is a girl that came to me initially and did not want to talk and did not want to do interviews. Uh, what I try to do is I don't believe in instant coffee. I believe in brewed coffee. It takes time for you for it to register. It takes time for you to taste it. So that's really where that focus and that energy came from with Mary. We were just mm-hmm. very honest and appreciative to each other's time and our commitment to our careers, and we understood that we wanted betterment not just for ourselves, but for everyone else that was around us.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, when I said that you were able to, you know, maintain your integrity, there are certain artists that you worked with um, that offered you a challenge in that respect, like when you worked with Shaba Ranks. Yes. How was that for you? That was a challenging moment for you, correct?
3: Well, you know, people may look at it as being challenging. Back then and there, you know, my whole thing is when he said that every homosexual should be tied with gasoline and thrown in the garbage or whatever burnt, uh, it it did bother me. It bothered me a great deal. Um, but I'm in the teaching business. And so why I got letters in from every, organ- every gay organization from the from New York City to Paris, France, telling me to, to, to disassociate myself, I couldn't do that because I had to look at where he came from and his teachings and what took place in Jamaica, you know, how he was taught and how he was raised. Now I have to teach him the American custom and the customs of America and what takes place in America. So should I sort of shut the door and said, uh, uh, I don't want to handle you no more because you said what you said? But do I teach him and then get him to understand? I think that the world spanked him enough that I didn't need to spank him anymore. I needed to understand why you're thinking like that. And you could think like that, that's, that's fine and dandy, that's your right. But why do you have to let the world know what you're thinking? You don't know how, and you don't know who you're talking to. You don't know who you're sitting back talking to. So you need to be able to tailor your conversation you don't need to talk about what you don't know about. You assume that. And we all know what that word assume means, right? Oh, yeah. So my, my, <laughs> my, my, my direction in life is not to beat and badger, but to instruct and to tell it for what it is. I needed to teach him. I didn't need to shut the door. I remember somebody from BET had said, if you bring him down here, we're going to have 500 of protesters. Okay, well, then you just need to have the 500 protesters down there because I made a commitment. He was going to be brought there, and that's what we're going to do. Now, what I got there was no 500. It was about 300, but they meant what they said. And I got out the car, and they threw things, and they said what they needed to say. But you know what? At the end of the day, did I do my job is all that matters to me. And, yes, I think you have to stand on principle. And personally, it really bothered me, but a lot of things bother me personally, and that's why they're personal. And I needed to deal with them personally and not professionally. I needed to deal with my client to educate them about what they said, and I think the society spanked them enough, and still are spanking them.
1: Okay, now you ventured into the the hip hop arena. And you've had some really colorful experiences there. Um, I know in the book you talked about your experience with Snoop Dogg and Drew Hill. And I I laughed. I had to chuckle. I really had to chuckle because, you know, you were able to just keep it real and keep it moving and not be at all fazed by everything that was going on um, professionally. But personally, were you a little shaken up?
3: You know what? I was born in the city of Newark, in the middle of the 68 riots. What's going to shake me? As long as you don't touch me, we good. My mother gave me enough ammunition to, sh- to shoot back. What you going to do? It's two things in life you're going to do. You're going to either love me or kill me or hate me. Dick, it's a multiple choice. You know, you, you have to understand what your job is and what your job in details entails. you mm-hmm. got to go and find out what it's all about. It's amazing. You know, I'm so thankful that God gave me both sides of the street to walk on, the good, the bad, and then he said oh, it may be a detour, and then the middle. So I mm-hmm. can sit back and I can deal with what comes my way because of my environment. Because of my hard sisters and my cousins and my friends, uh, I've seen what they've gone through, and they managed to get through. You can't, I'm going to fear one thing in my life, and that's the Lord. Mm -hmm. I'm not fearing nothing else. If I can endure it, I can go on and I can have conversations with people like you about how I endured, how I got over sweet Jesus. So, no, I mean, it was kind of scary when it was happening. Mm But what was I going to do, run? I just stayed in and deal with it.
1: All right. Now, you have also been in the business, you know, I guess it's your calling, of helping people find themselves, you know, the true discovery of who they are and knowing who they are as you work with them. And you had that happen in two instances. I believe that was with Alicia Keys and DMX. Although polar opposites, similar situations, how did that fall out for you? roll out
3: for you? Well, I'll start with Alicia. Alicia was really simple because she was such a pleasure, a pleasure to work with. You know, you can. Eat, she was easy to talk to. And the wonderful thing is that she was willing to make change and willing to learn. So it's no more than conversation, honest, direct conversation. And mm-hmm. as Tom, and again. What I do is not instant coffee. It is brewed coffee. You have to give it a time to simmer, to percolate, to smell the aroma, and all that is time. And in her time, she came to a reality to understand what America was about, how she was going to fit into America, how people were going to digest her music, digest her look, digest her sound. And guess what? She got it. The other side of my relationship with DMX, now, you asked the question about challenges. That was the challenge for me. It was challenged because when you start talking about someone's childhood, and the childhood was never, ever defined or, or never dealt with, so you grow up as an adult dealing with things that have been painful from your childhood, the separation of your parents. The divorce of yourself with just society, having the challenges to deal with those things were, that are not so controllable by you, substance abuse. Those are the things that, I mean, that's what I was really challenged to. As hard as I tried to work with him and for him, the challenge was that he couldn't see it, couldn't feel it, and didn't know it. And the only way that I was ever able to communicate with him Was that I would say, in the middle of our conversation, while he's yelling and screaming at me, I would say, did you pray today? Our Father who art in heaven, thou be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, for as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily. Yes. And that was the calm dose that brought it Mm -hmm. back around, because he's such a lover of God. People don't understand how this man loves God. No one understands the money, millions and millions of dollars that he's given to churches and youth centers across this country. How do I know? I had to put the stamp on the, stamp on the envelope, with the check inside, that each Thanksgiving he would host something for, a lot of times he didn't show up, I wound up being the host, but he would host in his community at the Mary Ellis Center in Mount Vernon, New York City where homeless would come, shut out would come, AIDS victims would come. It was 600, 700 people inside of there. We fed them all. We gave everybody gifts. We had contests. We did. So a lot of times people don't, cannot articulate their trials and tribulations of what they're going through. You have to take it upon yourself to really want to find out what's making them tick and where the heart is, I was able to find that out. And every year we would go to do this. I remember uh, he stayed. He lived uh, when his mother dropped him off at a center. He called it jail, but it was like a youth center that was for disadvantaged children. He went there, and I think he stayed there for two, three, four years, five years. And he said to me, um, "I really want to do something for those kids at that at that place where I was at Angelo. I was like, "Oh, okay." So we call up there, and we got together gifts, sneakers, whatever. It was, too, it was ridiculous of what he gave away. We went there, and he went from home to home on that, I call it a plantation, on that, on that plantation, house to house, giving sneakers, giving jerseys away, basketball. He played with them. He did, people need to stop. You know, here's, here's where my problem is. We create Michael Jackson, Whitney, Houston, Prince, all of these people and then they cry out to us saying, I need help, I need love, I need I need to be touched, I need to be held. But we mm-hmm. judge we judge them and then when they're all gone we want to talk about the goodness of them Think people these people today these young kids today they need to be loved we have to mentor them we have to love them and sometimes they don't have mothers and fathers we got to become that mother and father we must mentor them they're speaking to us can we hear them please shut the door because you see somebody on the street with a cup, if you got a nickel, you got a quarter, put it in there. Don't be the judge and the jury about what they go to do with it. That ain't your business. The business is that Sitting on the street with no shoes on and a sign. How about when the drug addict is nodding and nodding and nodding, you want to walk by and your head wants to be in disgust. But could that not be your child? Could that not be your nephew? Could that not be your niece? We need to start to be the people that we know God sent us to be. That's what it's all about. At the end of the day, that's what it's about. We all have life. He gives it and he takes it. It's what we go to do with it. And that's what's really important to me. I'm not going to sit back and I'm not judging X. I'm going to tell him what I think what you need to be doing and your wrongs of life. I'm going to say to any young artist out here, you know your mama raised you to know the difference between right and wrong. Now, why do you have 25 people living in your house and being around you? Do you know what recoupables are? Do you know that demons come in disguises? Do you know that they're tearing you down? And you know that they're not going to come and be honest with you because they're all getting a check. Because if they don't get that check, they ain't going to be around you if you ain't buying them sneakers and hats and taking care of them. Do you understand that you are hot now and you may not be hot tomorrow? Do you understand that your longevity is dependent on your associations? So, yes, everybody gets a reality pill, but we are not in the business of being judge and jury. That's God's job. So why don't we stop getting on the phone, being in a group of people, and talking about each other? I don't get it.
1: I you know you are just speaking the truth and there really is no real answer. I guess we all have to check ourselves and check our attitudes and check our mindsets at the door whenever we decide to do something or become something.
3: Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I think I think when we do that instead of instead of talking about somebody, why don't we help somebody? You know, it's Amen. just like when we start mm-hmm. to talk about Uh, These young activists, I applaud their efforts because they're not afraid, and they're banding together for a cause for a culture in a community. Uh, Black lives do matter. And I I stand in attention when I see these young kids coming together fighting for what they know their rights are. Mm -hmm. I stand at attention today when I go to the movie theater to watch Nate's movie, The Birth Mm -hmm. of a Nation. at attention when I know that my black president has opened up a museum for African Americans culture so that we can be a part of history not black history but history my children's and children's children can see the greatness of our contributions Mm -hmm. isn't that Mm -hmm. what it's all about
1: it is it definitely is and unfortunately I believe that some people miss the mark because they believe that once they've made it, they don't have to look back.
3: You know what? Making it is temporary. And I, people say, "Oh, Angela, you're so successful. Oh, I am." You need to go tell my accountant that because I damn sure don't know it. But (laughs) at the end of the day, no matter what my success is. It's important that you give back, and yeah, you give back, and then the people stab you in your back, and they do all these things to you, and you know what? Life goes on. Who cares? You can get resentful. You can go and want to stop. You and you know what? It don't even matter. I've gone through that. I've had more employees than Empire State Building got steps, and they all got <laughs> something to say about me. Oh, he's this, he's that. But you know what? At the end of the day, you took my money, and I took your services. It's called goods for services and services for goods. No goods, no service, and we all are happy. Move along. Now, I ain't got no
1: time for said, it. You said that there is, you know, it's important to know who you have in your circle, and mm-hmm. um, for you. Um, you have had the blessing of having people like um, Dionne Warwick, who came to you for services, but she provided you something far more. And you've had Camille and um, M. Tume and M. Tume both be in your circle. And how important, how key is that to the success of you and your Let me say this to
3: you. I'm I'm going to start off by simply saying that, I am romantically in love with Dionne Warwick. And why I'm romantically in love with her and I, am, and I work for her is that I've seen her go through weather every storm of her life like a soldier. She stands and she takes it. I remember Dionne when I was a child and I said she had such an appeal, charismatic. Uh, she was a magnet to draw you to her. She was a class act. And then when I met her and I began to work for her, I loved her more because she was honest, she was real, she was delightful, she was a mentor for me. She taught me as much as, you know, she talks about me that I've done, this lady has been there by my side to understand the difficulties of being black and being an entrepreneur and sustaining in your business and I watch and I find this lady is 75 years old celebrating six decades at doing what she's done and I don't care what nobody got to say that's staying power that's having an understanding of being in love with who you are M2 May And Camille will always be in my heart because that was my beginning. I began with Camille M. Tume, his wife, and she used to come to my fashion shows in Newark because I did a lot of fundraisers in Newark and worked for the governors and the mayors with my fashion shows. And she came every year. I did them for 17 years. And we were selling out 2,000, 3,000 people. They came, we came from the ceiling. We had birds, we had doves. We did everything underneath the sun to bring a culture. We brought in Alvin Ailey, we brought in Carmen DeLavallon and Joffrey Holder and Patty Cleveland and Beverly Johnson and Iman. We brought that in when I was like 18, 17, 18, 19 years old. Um, and she was, I don't know if I can say I ever have a fan, but she really mirrored, she really liked what it was that I was doing. And I went to work for her. Uh, she was a designer. I was very known in the in, in the Jersey area. And I began to help, help her. She asked me if I would do m 2 album cover as a stylist, the album cover that was called You, Me, and He, uh, that uh, took off and did very, very well for him. And he saw the, the progression of our working relationship and came to me and asked me if I would, manage him and I said, Manage you? I don't do I don't know nothing about no music. I didn't even know that he had a number one song for like nine weeks on the Billboard charts called Juicy Fruit. Well oh really? Oh, okay, well, okay. So we became friends and he gave me an opportunity. But see these the things that I that I can't get with, with young people. I interned back then and I was the nanny I was the housekeeper. I took the clothes to the cleaners. I took the kids to school. Then I did my work. Then I was downstairs doing uh, managerial things. I took my internship and I made it what I needed it to be. And that comes from the teachings of my mother and understanding that this was an opportunity that I needed to go and grow by. I tell people freely each and every single day that I graduated Five years uh, from the m 2 May institution of music. This man would send me over to Sony Music, and I would just go and make a fool out of myself because I didn't know a damn thing of what I was talking about. And they used to call him and say, m 2 May because if you know m 2 May this man is brilliant with speech and diction. Why is this boy over here? This went on for about three months, and every time I would go to a meeting for him, I had to come back and sit in that yellow room, the second floor in his house, and he would talk to me for three and four hours. What did they ask you? What did you say? What did they ask you? So he really trained me. So maybe on the fourth month, one of these guys, I think it was the product development manager or director, called him and said, whatever you're doing to him, it's working because he kind of turned this place out today. <laughs> so just being in that environment, then I went to manage him and then his lead singer, Tawapa A. G. And then his, his 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 foundation, his corporation, which was called Plan. and we worked together with fundraisers. I established into two main friends, which was a 501-c organization. We made things there for the community. So, yeah, M. it was a strong, strong uh, individual in my life that allowed me, he gave me the opportunity to grow by. And it wasn't about the dollars and cents then. It wasn't. Sometimes I would get paid, sometimes I wouldn't get paid. But it was not even a question. He gave me free range of his house, take the keys, hey, you want to wear this, you want to do that, whatever you this allowed me to really develop and understand that everyone deserves a chance, and that's why I've had more employees in Empire State Building have steps, because I believe that everybody deserves a chance. I believe mm-hmm. that the people who are incarcerated deserve to have another chance. I'm I believe sure. once you do your time, you should have the Same courtesies given to you as anyone else because you did your time and you deserve another chance. Now, I don't believe in uh, three strikes you're out. You got good two with me. (laughs) But that's how I play ball.
1: Okay. That's excellent. Now, you have your perceptions on how the future of the industry is going. And mm-hmm. what, what, do you, what do you foresee?
3: You know what? Honestly, I don't foresee. I don't become concerned about what's going to happen in the future. People may say you're totally crazy. Um, I'm really on what it is now. Mm-hmm. I, 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 Why there's been such a demise and a change in it all, I always look and say, somebody making some money in this, so it ain't changed with so much. Uh, One of the reasons that I stay in the game because I must be making some kind of money. I must be doing something, I have made my changes, I understand that I need to get digitally acquainted, if you will. I need to understand that I need young people around me that's going to give me innovative ideas. I need to be able to speak their language as well as my language in terms of deal negotiations. Mm -hmm. I look at what is, I look at what I'm doing now. I have not gotten into the future. I think if I would have in the 80s or 90s thought about the future, I would have not been able to deal with what was current for me. I don't like to do that. I don't, you know, one of the reasons that I don't like doing that, my mom took ill two years ago, and I kept saying that something was going to happen to her. And I kept putting in my mindset of how I was going to get along without her. And when she passed, There was such a a revelation for me. I spoke it, and so it was. I I don't want to speak it anymore. I don't want to make predictions. I'm not psychic. I'm not into any of that. I am taking the God-given time on this earth for now, and I'm dealing with each and every aspect of what is to happen and what is happening for me now. I would pray and hope that I'm able to meet the challenges of the future. But for right now, I've got to deal with what I've got to deal with. I'm not looking at no more of a demise or a shrinking or digit. I'm doing what I've got to do to survive here. And I would hope that the people who are around me have the same kind of attitude so that we can stay on the same page and forge ahead to the future and prepare ourselves once we arrive. Or once we get an invitation for the future
1: okay, oh excellent I mean that's that's an excellent perspective, and I think we all should try to adopt some of that perspective for ourselves as well. I guess because sometimes I guess you miss the nuances of the of the moment when you're so busy looking ahead.
3: Yes, that's what I'm saying, exactly what I'm saying. I think that you should become very productive and that you shouldn't be afraid. And one of the things that I love about Beyonce is that she's not afraid, and she has staying power. She's not afraid to create what is goals of life. She understands her fan base, and Mm -hmm. she creates stories that you want to hear which will take her into the future. She will be, she will be history if she stops singing today and stops performing today. I just think that it's really important that you take the given time that you have now and try to capitalize, if you will, on now. I get mm-hmm. that question a lot about the future. Mm-hmm. I'm blessed to be living in this day and this time. I'm not looking to sit up in no box, or I'm not looking to worry about then I'm looking about now
1: okay okay how does your um your firm operate as far as if you if there's an artist interested in coming on board, how do you operate that?
3: You know I always say that um conversation makes for best relationship. And I think that it is important that you have conversation and you interview your clients. I don't think you should just take a client because of the dollars and cents. I mm-hmm. think you need to look at it and see how you can best help the client. If you can't help them, then you shouldn't you shouldn't take their money. Mm-hmm. So I try to start off with having conversation via phone or in person having lunch and just explore giving them the who, what's, wins where's, and why's, and the many challenges that may stand in their way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I then may say to them, why don't we do a child basis? Why don't we just look at your social media? Let's look at the things that you have done. Let's see if we can recreate, uh, and particularly for those who are coming back into the game. There's so many people that missed their fortune because they were not Uh, or on board when their time had arrived and they want to come back around and reintroduce themselves, I want to create a whole new feeling and a whole new kind of action for you. With those who are new, I like just having conversation and seeing, because I look at everything like, there's a courtship, there's an engagement, and there's a marriage. Why don't we court each other? Why don't we understand what each other can bring to the table? What you're going to do, what you're not going to do. And let's just give ourselves maybe five or six months in doing that. Then let's get into an engagement, because now we understand that we can work together. And in this engagement, I want you to investigate me and me investigate you. Let me see your weaknesses and your strengths. Ah, now we can get married. But before we get married, let's make sure that we're going to sign all right, not sign ourselves away because when we get married I got you for five years. I may have you more than five years if you sign that production deal. Let's understand the variables of our working relationship before we begin.
1: Okay. Now how can people follow you, find you,
3: keep track,
1: keep tab of you. I want people you. to
3: go and buy that book called Axe Angela. They can go to my okay. site. Uh, which is dxxnyc.com. They can go to Amazon. Uh, as I said to you, I'm very, very proud that the book is at the top 100 in selling, and we've only been out for two for two days. But yes, they could. And, and you know what? They could pick up the phone and call me if they want to call me as well. That's 201-224-6570, 201-224-6570, or dxx. NYC.com.
1: All right. All right. You know, I have to tell you, as I said in the introduction, that we came to know each other in 2010. And it has been one of the most amazing relationships that I've had because you've taught me, you've taught me tons about a lot of things. And And I thank you, you know, and it's like you said, team up with someone old school, so that you can learn a lot because there's a lot you don't know. And you don't know you don't know it until you find somebody who's showing you and telling you.
3: And you, you know have what? been
1: my don't know person.
3: Let me tell you something. Uh, I used to look at when people would say, oh, Angel's an OG. And I turn around and say, oh, gee. You know, people <laughs> want to discount people who are at a age or 40 years old, 50 years old with OG. I'd rather have an OG than a no-G. I want somebody that can come to the table and share with me, educate me, and stimulate me by their experiences. And so I welcome what you say to me because then I feel that I'm doing what God wants me to do, is to share my worth. Because that's what he did, and that's what I want to do. I really want to be able to touch lives, make a difference in your life. And if I can make a difference, if it's just one time, that's, I feel that I've made my contribution.
1: Um, that's wonderful. And, yes, you have.
3: Thank you. you have. Thank you very You're
1: much. You're welcome. You're welcome. So I have to tell you that we can go on and on and on, but the premise, the reason for this interview is to let people know that you have this amazing book that's out there. And this book, it's like a guide, but it's only volume one. And I need to know one of the other volumes coming out.
3: We are working on it. We're working on it. We're working on it. Um, we're going to see how well this one goes to do. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not doing an autobiography no time soon, but I'm going to continue <laughs> to try, try to put out the kinds of books that's going to be able to get shared and people can grow by. So we're working okay. well. This has been two days out. We're going we're, we're gonna to see what's up and how we're going to make the whole thing happen.
1: Well, I have to tell you i I laughed, I learned, I took notes as I was reading the book, and i I mean, you've inspired me to kind of like try to step out of my little comfort zone and, and do more and be better. and I appreciate you and I appreciate you for sharing all of your wisdom and knowledge.
3: Let me just say this to you, and then i'll i'll get off the, I'll get off the line. We cannot ever sit back. You know, we have ideas, and we're just afraid to expound on them or execute them. And, and that's because we, the first thing that comes to mind, I don't have the money. But if you got the heart and the patience and the brain to go out and execute your ideas, let God do his job. I started my business with no money. And when I say no money, I mean no damn money at all. I started from the basement of my mother's house. With a team line phone and a beat up conference table, which was uh, used to be our dining room table. You can be great, you can do all of what you want to do. Stop thinking about bank loans and all that. You gotta, you know, if you if you really believe and believe in yourself, God will make it all happen. You just gotta go out there and not be scared. Jump high. Do things. Uh, Make things happen because you want them to happen. You want to improve your life. Don't sit back and become accusatory to America and all the things that America (laughs) does to you. People do that and don't do that. Just go and Mm -hmm. do it, and you you will be so proud of yourself and everything around you because you're going to allow everything around you, people, to grow with you.
1: All right. All right. I. I I take that as some more nuggets of wisdom and advice from the amazing Angelo Allaby, because you are phenomenal.
3: Thank you so very much.
1: You're welcome. And you know the door is always open for you here, your family. So
3: God bless you. Thank you.
1: God bless you, too. So you have an amazing weekend, and I'm just going to keep watching to find out how the book is doing because I know the book is just going to be well received, and and you're gonna you're gonna top some charts. I know it. God I
3: can you. see it. Thank you so much. Yes.
1: You're welcome. Leader. You do the same too. Thank
3: All you. All right.
1: Bye bye. Bye. So everyone, that was Angela Ellerbe, and he took the time out to be with us to discuss his book and share some of his his insights. And I mean, for him to be in the entertainment industry for over forty forty five years. 46 years to be exact, that speaks volumes to a man knowing what he's doing and understanding the the nuances of the environment that he's in, you know, every twist, every turn has a different experience, and he has been able to maneuver and manage each and every one of them with precision, and with success. So if you want to understand more about that industry, the entertainment industry, and understand more about how to be able to excel yourself in whatever it is you're doing, pick up the book. Check it out. You're going to learn something because I, I learned tons by just reading the book. And I, I recommend that you go out and do it, get the book and read it as well. So, I mean, I usually end the show with some little catchy phrase and, every, and everything. However, I'm just going to say it like this. It's simple. Do you. Love you, be you, God bless. Have a good evening. Oh, no, good evening. Have a good afternoon and a wonderful weekend. Be well. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. For more content, visit us at thecocoexpressshow.com, blog,